Welcome to North Liberty Library's Love, Light, and Lit, the podcast, a series of universal talks gently guided by open hearts and open minds. Listen to ignite the light in you and to appreciate the light in others. Hello, I'm Kelly with North Liberty Library, and I thank you for joining us today on Love, Light, and Lit, the podcast. You can also catch Love, Light, and Lit on Facebook Live every Monday at 12 noon central. Be sure to follow North Liberty Library on Facebook to get notifications. Black History Month may have been officially recognized as an observance in 1976, but the roots of the celebration date back to 1926 when it was known as Negro History Week. Almost a century later, Black History Month remains the key time to reflect on the contributions of African Americans in our country's history. But how do we expand that reflection throughout the entirety of the year? Today's guest is here to chat about how we can celebrate and recognize Black history all year long. Micah Ariel James is a community engagement specialist who develops, supports, and facilitates programs with an eye toward building communities that are welcome, inclusive, and equitable. Micah has held roles in higher education and the performing arts, where she managed arts-based initiatives centering on deepening campus and community learning, helping artists discover new approaches to creating meaningful engagement and making the arts more accessible to all audiences. She joined the City of North Liberty as the city's first outreach and equity coordinator in the fall of 2021. Today, Micah's going to chat with us about her professional journey into the world of equity, diversity, and inclusion, and why celebrating the diversity of African-Americans isn't limited to 28 days. Welcome, Micah. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's so good to have you on, especially as a fellow City of North Liberty employee and colleague. So tell us a bit more about your work with the City of North Liberty. Yes, so I am the Outreach and Equity Coordinator a few months in, and my role is really focused on helping the City of North Liberty work to become a more equitable and inclusive place. And so that means working with the staff of like the community center to make sure that people feel welcome when they come into the building, that they're able to access programs, but also in general thinking about initiatives to make the city a more welcoming place for everybody. So whether that's making sure that it's a great place to age for seniors in the community or for folks who might have newly relocated here from another country. We want to do everything we can to make sure people feel like this is a place where I am included and welcome and a place where I belong. Absolutely. And I know that your past experiences, as we mentioned in the intro, you've held roles in higher education and in the performing arts. How does that shape your work that you do here for the City of North Liberty? Yeah, so my previous role, just prior to this, I was the Associate Director of Education and Community Engagement at Hancher Auditorium at the University of Iowa. And a big part of my role there was focused on making sure that the arts were connected to communities all across the state, really, but largely focused in Johnson County. So in any given season, about half of the artists who came to town would also go out into the community 
that's visiting schools, going on to campus, you know, community groups, all of that, to connect more deeply with audiences. And so I was doing a lot of that work to make sure that those were meaningful engagements and not just, do you guys want to work with an artist, that it was more about there's this artist who's interested in exploring this issue that directly relates to some of the conversations and experiences that folks in this particular community are having. Really kind of a matchmaking process where I was thinking about how to make sure people see themselves on stage and how to make sure that artists who come to town see themselves in the community and how everybody working together can kind of deepen their experiences in this sort of shared community because that's what the arts are all about or what they can be about. So I see my work now as kind of an evolution of that. So taking what art can bring in terms of engaging community and taking that further into what are all of the things that we can do to make people feel more welcome and included in all of that. You know, I'm glad to still be in this same community and to still be working with a lot of partners that I've already established relationships with. And I think that there's so much to be explored about who the people are in North Liberty and what sort of support and care can be given to this role to make sure that folks are having a great experience. Absolutely. It sounds like your work, both your previous work and the work that you're doing here for North Liberty really coincides with the theme of our talk, where it's talking about practicing inclusion every day. And I think one of the most well-known times to do so tends to be February, which we are wrapping up February as of the air date of this podcast. We're wrapping up the final week of what's known as Black History Month. So that begs the question, you know, growing up as an African-American woman, I think that we both have had some experiences with how Black History Month looks mm -hmm. to our community versus the world at large sometimes, I yeah. think, because Black History for most Black families is 365 days yeah. a year. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I know that was definitely my experience, yeah. especially having been raised by an educator who, you know, her passion has always been Black History Month, what role did Black History Month observances serve in your development as a child? Yeah, so interesting. My parents are also educators, mm. and my family in particular is from the U.S. Virgin Islands and the Caribbean. If you go just one generation above my parents and all of that, and so, but I grew up in North Carolina, so I always had kind of an interesting sort of curiosity about some of the Black history specific to North Carolina where I grew up mm -hmm. that was a little bit different than the black history or the narratives that were going on in my household. Sure. And I think because of that, I was able to kind of reach out further and find out more information. I remember visiting museums and library exhibits, all of that, and one in particular that's coming to mind is the sit-ins, the Greensboro sit-ins. Yep. I remember seeing an exhibit like about that when I was a child and how much that stuck with me in particular with the idea that those were young people. Not as young as I was when I saw that, but you know, the idea that people that age were the ones who were taking on this fight and were risking themselves. And I remember also, in addition to my work here, I'm also an artist, I'm a playwright. So I've always seen the world through the arts and really engaged in that way, which I think a lot of people do, artists or not. And I remember how much in Black History Month there would be films and there were radio programs and representations of black history that felt incredibly accessible. The Ruby Bridges story, right, being able to see those images and, you know, it's not just a concept, it's not just words, like this is what it was like, I think was really powerful for me. And 
ultimately might have led to my saying, oh, I also can use art to help other people identify with other experiences. Yeah, I think that's all very helpful because I think when it comes to Black History Month, there's always kind of this dialogue, especially kind of a mini controversy of why Black History Month is celebrated during the shortest month of the year, which is February. I mean, there is the fact that it is celebrated in February because the month included both President's Day and the celebration of Frederick Douglass's birthday. So that's the reason why it's celebrated in February. But in this kind of woke world where anti-racism is more of a buzzword than an action item, and it should be the latter, it should be an action item, has the significance of Black History Month changed or evolved, especially I would say within the past five to 10 years? Absolutely. So I think in particular, 2020, showed us a lot about what we know, what we thought we knew, what we didn't actually know. And I'm using the royal we, everybody. I think the sort of intersection between the pandemic and the George Floyd, Floyd, Mm -hmm. the protests that happened in the summer of 2020, Mm -hmm. it became extremely clear if it wasn't already, to be fair, it was clear to a lot of folks already by that point, but it became clearer to everybody else that there is a lot of inequity and that it didn't just start in 2020, that the roots of it go way back. And that's the sort of thing that Black History Month is all about reminding us, right? Things don't just start out of thin air. So people who are saying the pandemic happens and depending on what community you're in at any given time, at the start of the pandemic, you know, some people were in lockdown mode. And then you think about who was able to do the lockdown and who had to keep living their lives, doing their jobs, risking themselves. That inequity goes way far back, right? And it hits so many different levels when it comes to commerce, when Mm -hmm. it comes to socioeconomic status. You know, who are those who can afford the luxury to work from home Mm -hmm. when a large amount of marginalized folks were the quote unquote essential workers and they were expected to still continue to work in hazardous conditions and they were alarmingly a lot of black and brown people. So with the conversation of the importance of black history, what I'm also seeing is that we're kind of drifting away from those typical textbook lessons. You know, we're getting away from those watered down versions of Reverend Martin Luther King Jr.'s sayings. We're getting away from the watered down version of Harriet Tubman's story. We're really delving more so into modern life when we talk about black history, things that have just happened within the past three to five years, like George. Floyd. When we talk about extending that dialogue of black history going beyond the month of February, how can people dig deeper? How can they dig beyond those surface lessons, which again, Harriet Tubman and Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. are two very important cultural, national milestones of our history. How can we have folks dig deeper after February, after the buzz of the month is gone? How can people dig deeper and extend that dialogue? Yeah, I think, you know, people have often, even well-meaning folks view Black History Month as a thing to check off. Like, great, I was super observant in the month of February. Mm -hmm. I paid attention. I've done my job. (laughs) And so I would say a big way of sort of rethinking that is don't just limit it to February. You know, and that's the part that seems maybe the most straightforward, but I think that it is very easy for people to fall into the like, 
oh, that's the month that that happens. That's the month that I'll think that way. And it's the same, I think, with a lot of these other history months or moments of observation right. that, you know, March is when I'll think about women. women. <laughs> yeah. Know? Right? Like, and, and that's as if there is October is when I'll think about breast cancer. Exactly. Kind of and thing. it's like, yes. well, as if there is not just such a large history and if there's not a ton that can fully cover a year round, right? But there is. We know that there is all this history. So I would say just thinking of Black History Month as the point of check-in, you know, so that sort of thing where you go throughout the year and maybe in February, that's when you go, wait a second, I read 12 books this year. Turns out they're all by white male authors, right? Mm -hmm. Like what could I be doing to kind of mix that up to invite yeah. other narratives to not get stuck in just seeing other folks who look like me. So use it kind of as a reminder or as a challenge month to check in on how have I been doing so far. Another thing that I would throw in there, I think a lot of people can feel sort of disempowered when it comes to diversifying experiences. I'll give a specific example of this conversation around Oscars So White, which was that whole yeah, discussion. Campaign. Exactly, that discussion about how black people just were not at all getting nominated at all, which is wild, right? When people feeling disempowered are, I don't vote for the Oscars, right? Like I have right. nothing to do with that. Sure, there are things where we actively don't have any power, but there are lots of moments where we do have power, which is around things like what we consume. Mm -hmm. We can be responsible about making sure we actively diversify. We can make sure that if we are in any kind of position of power, that might mean you make the book list for your office book club whatever that is, you have power. So think about what you are doing to sort of actively go against this lack of diversification. Yeah. So think about if there is any opportunity for you to diversify, do. Yeah. And there are so many opportunities. It's really these little choices that we can make every day yep. to diversify our lives. It's those little choices. And because I'm a librarian, mm -hmm. I'll use a library example. When you come into the library and you check out the new releases, it's that little choice to not necessarily reach for the author whose experience yep. mirrors your own. Yep and reaching for a book or a fictional retelling of someone else's experiences, maybe someone else's country. That could mean going to a librarian, which you can always go to our librarians here at North Liberty Library, shameless plug, Absolutely. and ask them for recommendations on books written by African-Americans. Yeah. So it's really just a series of little choices that we can make. And I love what you said about recognizing where our power lies, mm -hmm. because that is absolutely accurate. Your power may not lie in affecting or impacting the Oscar So White hashtag campaign, mm -hmm. but your power does lie in the literature you choose to consume. Yeah. It lies in your decision to come to a library or any space and seek out information about people who don't look like you. So that's where the power lies. I love that a lot. Speaking of power, part of your work with the city is the Emerging Jedi Committee. And I'll break down the acronym for those who didn't know. JEDI, J-E-D-I, stands for Justice, Equity, Diversity and Inclusion Committee. And this is a committee right out of City of North Liberty. Both you and I are members of the group. So I'd like to hear your vision of what the JEDI Committee can contribute to our community. Yeah, so one of the things that I was excited about when I first came aboard is how many of these conversations were already happening. You know, so the library has, as a staff, already been discussing 
these same sorts of things that we've been talking about today of how do we make sure that this is a place where people feel welcome and heard and understood, all of that. And so the JEDI Committee is something that was already in motion and my arrival sort of intersects with that and the support that I hope to bring to it is really kind of making sure that everybody who is interested in this sort of work has the opportunity to contribute toward that dialogue around how do we make it better. Yeah. So there's the JEDI Committee here with the library, but you know there might be one that gets made for the full community center. There might be you know one that invites folks from the community to be a part of the conversation. I think it is about conversations. I think that oh, yeah. that is where it starts. It's not about assuming, ah, I think I understand what the problem is. I think I get what the issue is. You know, there are obviously based on experiences, there are things that we're gonna know and we're gonna be able to bring to the table, but it is all about having a diverse gathering of folks with different perspectives who can provide different pieces of the puzzle. Cause it is a puzzle, you know, it, it is, we have to figure out what are the ways that we can all work together to make sure that everybody feels welcome here? Because that's going to be different things for different people. What it takes for different folks to feel welcome is going to be different things. Yeah, and I think that an opportunity for the Jedi Committee to take on here in North Liberty is to really you know, assess what our community needs in those fields of justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion, like what we're looking for, especially when it comes to observance months like Black History Month, which we're wrapping up now, those conversations are so important and so vital. I want to talk a little bit about what those conversations could look like. If a patron were to come in and, or if a patron were to come into the library or a visitor were to come into the rec center and they were looking for those kinds of conversations, what are some questions that you would ask of them? Like the kind of information that they want, what kind of conversations they want to include in that dialogue? Yeah, absolutely. You know, since I've arrived, I would say I've sort of hit the ground running on making connections with folks in the community, mm -hmm. and I've started having some of these conversations. I'm asking questions about very direct sort of, what, what do you feel comfortable here? Like, what are some of the things that you've observed that you think should be addressed? What are some of your concerns about living in this community or engaging with folks here in this community? I think it starts that broadly, and then you're able to sort of zoom in on some of the things that start to stand out. There are gonna be specific things that, as we're working on this JEDI committee and some of these other committees, I think there are gonna be specific opportunities for more listening posts. I know that was a thing that North Liberty did in summer of 2020. I think there are more opportunities for that because as much as it's important for us to hear from folks, it's also important for them to hear from each other yes. so that people can know that they're not alone, so that people can have that shared experience. That's another moment where I point back to my arts roots because when you think of that shared experience that of being, being in the theater, exactly, that connection with each other, you're having that experience together, it makes it easier for you to speak your truth, it makes it easier for you to work toward change or whatever that thing is. So yes, in general, we'll be having loads of conversations. I think that's going to be a core part of my work here. Fabulous. And that is a great way to end. Micah, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm confident that our audience has gained some great information and insight here. Where can our listeners learn more about you and your work with the City of North Liberty? Yeah. So if you go to northlibertyiowa.org slash subscribe, you can find a way to subscribe to all of our email lists, the various ones. In particular, there will be 
lots of opportunities to connect with the programs that come out of the City of North Liberty through library programs, which I will also be collaborating on. So yeah, I would say go subscribe to those, keep an eye out for those. And then in general, if people are interested in connecting, my goal is to be as open and out and about as possible. So do feel free to email me directly at mjames at northlibertyiowa.org. If you want to talk about DEI sort of work or if there are particular questions, feel free to reach out to me directly. All right, and we will include all of those links in the show notes. This is Kelly, and this has been Love, Light, and Lit, the podcast presented by North Liberty Library. Today we talked with Micah Ariel James about practicing inclusion every day. Check out the show notes from today's episode to find out more about her work and resources. And also please visit our website at northlibertylibrary.org for additional programming and services. Thanks for listening.